What's up, family? Happy Wednesday. It is a historic Wednesday on a lot of fronts, and we're going to talk all about it. But before I get into anything, it's the faction. Powered by Bonnerfied Radio, it's your man, GB. We are back for another wonderful time of pro wrestling conversation. And if you've been following us on the social medias, you already know uh, in the immortal words of the queen of Baychella, not Mayochella, that would be Beyonce, we woke up like this. We really, really did. Listen, I'm not by myself, of course. My good brother's with me, Courtney Beard. What's up, brother? Salute, my people. We are all the way up, and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday, and boy, did we wake up feisty. We we woke up like this, and for good reason, but I'll get into that uh, a little bit later. The sun wasn't even up. Uh, look, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's that kind of day. There was anticipation coming into the day. We're going to explain it for people in just a little bit, but, uh, and, and let me just say, Clack is on his way. He's traveling, uh, as he often is, but he's on his way. He'll be here, so no worries. He wouldn't miss this one for the world, or so we think. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, man, how was your week? My week was incredible. Listen to me. I started out the week in Cincinnati on Friday, home of Flying Flying Brian Pillman and also Dean Ambrose. Then on Saturday and Sunday, I made my way to Alabama, Paul Barron, Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton, all those guys to Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, let's just say the ham was fun, but I felt like I walked into a time machine, man. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. Hey, I got to say this for class. Sherry Martell is also from Alabama. Okay. Wow. I didn't know He'd be so mad if I didn't say scary Sherry. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, she's Alabama, man. Wow. Man, oh, man. Well, she was definitely progressive, certainly, to be from Alabama, (laughs) all things You know what? You know what? You're absolutely yes, yes, yes. Think about this. She managed Harlem Heat. Come on. Oh, she's from Birmingham, bro. She well, That's why. That's, she just, yeah, yeah. Center of the oh, her father movie. was so upset oh, with her. Oh, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he oh, was. Oh, my gosh. What in the world? Good grief. Well, sounds like you uh, are certainly on your wrestling circuit relative to traveling, and that's a good thing. I haven't been doing any traveling as of late because we mm-hmm. are still waiting for baby Bonnerfied to make his Arrival. We are officially five days from the due date, which means, golly, I could get the call during this show. Like anything, <laughs> anything could happen. So, um, but I think I really do think that she has uh, talked to him and asked him not to come until his grandmother gets here. So uh, her her <laughs> mom will be here on Friday, and I think once that happens, she will be free to have this baby. And uh, I've been hoping that it doesn't happen on the weekend, but if it does, so be it. You know, we'll be all right. We got a pay-per-view on Sunday. We got all kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, I just want him to be safe and sound and all that jazz. So we're just counting down. Leave it to baby Bonafide to do exactly what you said, dude. Yeah, right. Right. You know. The the rule follower in the beginning. (laughs) Already. Already. Well, we know he likes music. That's for sure. Oh, okay. We we know that. We went to go see uh, Amazing Grace, the Aretha Franklin uh, recording at the movies, and 
he just oh man he was all over the place i was like ah <laughs> was he getting this oh down? yeah oh yeah so whatever we sa- same thing when we played the the uh beyonce homecoming netflix deal he was all over the place so he's definitely a music head it's safe to say he got that honestly so let me find out your son is doing a and r already 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 i love it i love it i love it so as we mentioned before clack will be joining us uh later in the show and certainly if you guys missed last week's show you missed another great one as we always have all sorts of fun happening here on the faction last time we were together uh we did do some conversation about aew as uh, they continue to make waves on the road to double or nothing we gave you an update on leo rush we talked about this new wild card rule for raw and smackdown uh and we asked if vince mcmahon would indeed go all in for the xfl go back check it out it's our latest episode it's available uh, certainly wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, at BonnerFiedRadio.com. All right. Holy cow. New week. Lots of stuff to talk about today on the show. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 165. And did you know that pro wrestler number 165 and pro wrestler illustrated is a guy called the bodyguard from British England? Didn't know that. Episode 165 right here, the faction on Bonafide Radio. We're going to talk about AEW. That's right. They're double or nothing. They just announced they have a TV deal. Lars Sullivan has been fined. There are couples in wrestling going public. We will talk raw in the Fire Funhouse, SmackDown, and Roman Reigns. But before we do, it's Hey Bro, Matt Riddle's theme song. You're listening to the Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. Hey, what's up? This is Matt Stryker, and you are listening to the Faction on Bonafide Radio. Bro.
the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was Hey Bro by Matt Riddle. GB, I'm a prophet. Lay it oh, down. Oh, Lord. We'll get into why Courtney believes he's a prophet in just a little bit. Unbelief. We'll, I have we'll, audio proof. Oh, we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, when I say this has been a busy week in the world of pro wrestling, it really has. The big news of the day we'll get into, but over the weekend, we had some tragic news. As in London, England, Cesar Gonzalez Barón, known to the world as Silver King, was in a match against Juventud Guerrera, basically a battle of former WCW cruiserweights. When at the roundhouse, he became unresponsive. And uh, yeah, he ultimately ended up having a heart attack and passing away in the ring. Silver King was 51, certainly known throughout the world uh, as a huge star in Lucha Libre, also a huge star in AAA. We know again his work in WCW. He was a CMLL World Heavyweight Champion, the son of the very famous Dr. Wagner. He also was a AAA World Tag Team Champion and again, heavily involved in WCW during the rise of the Cruiserweight. He also appeared in the movie Nacho Libre, which was a very, very big deal relative to the movies and giving Lucha Libre a lot of mainstream attention. This was covered by every major news outlet in the world, from CNN to the New York Times. Folks that may not always talk about wrestling talked about this because it was very unusual for a wrestler to die in the ring. Before we get into the circumstances surrounding his death, let's talk a bit about the impact of Silver King. Silver King, many people will not uh, agree with this because they don't know his body of work, but he's definitely a legend in the style of wrestling that he helped to make famous. You're right. He does go back to WCW, and he had some great matches against WCW. I think about some of his matches with Eddie Guerrero. Mm -hmm. uh, over in WCW, some of his matches with Rey Mysterio, some of his matches with Juventud Guerrero, yeah. they were great. But he also wrestled masked and unmasked. Yes, he did. Uh, I, and w w which was odd. And, and I'll tell you this: I think that in WCW, he'd have probably gotten over a little bit more if he had more of an Americanized look. And back then, uh, the business was still very—I um, don't want to say racist. But I will say very particular to a certain look. Yes. Is that okay? Yes, certainly particular here in the United States. Absolutely. Yes. And so, uh, you know, this man worked his butt off. But a lot of people did come to know him. There are a lot of people, you say Silver King, they don't know him. But you say Ramses. And they're like, oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. I remember him in Coronacion. They remember all the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So when I heard this, I'm going to tell you when, when, when I knew it was greater than the diehards like us. I saw your wife's response to it. Yeah. Your wife said, wow, dang. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I remember him. Mm -hmm. uh, it's never, I take celebrity deaths probably tougher than I take a lot of things. Sure. And more so musicians and wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So this one was tough. I watched the video, poor Juventude, man. Yeah. I really hope he can rebound from this. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of uh, the passing of Pero Aguayo Jr. in his match yeah. against Rey Mysterio. 
and again scenarios when you can't really tell what's happening you know i think when we saw that video with ray mysterio a lot of times we were wondering like why didn't you realize something was going on but in the moment it's in the moment you yeah, can't you can't you can't tell that man and you and of all the things that you're thinking of you do not think this guy is dying or is dead like you just that's the furthest thing from your mind yeah. um and, and what do wrestlers pride themselves on on finishing the match? Yes. Re let, let me tell you something. Yeah. A wrestler could be having a stroke. Mm -hmm. And if they can roll you over for the one, two, three, they will stroke out while finishing the match well, and wear it as a badge of honor. Here's the crazy part. We go back to 2001 when Triple H tore his quad. Yes. And the big thing was that he finished the match with a torn quad. Or let's go recently to about two or three weeks ago in NXT at a house show when referee Tom Castro fell and broke his leg with one of those nasty college football NFL breaks and finished the match with finished his leg match. contorted. Stone you know? Cold Steve Austin via yeah. Owen Hart yes. finished the match. There yes. is... There is, uh, and then if you know, if you're working against someone who's who's uh, like a Chris Jericho, who's yeah. gonna take care of you, yeah, they 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 have that. Not saying Juventus doesn't have that awareness, mm -hmm. but Jericho was aware uh, that that my boy that he was hurt and injured. Well, he was aware, but he still didn't realize what was going on. Let's consider this: he had him in in the walls of Jericho on a table yeah. with a torn quad. Yeah, you know, so I. I feel for Juventude because, you know, obviously these guys have wrestled many times before. Um, you would never imagine someone you're in the ring with dying in the ring on your watch. So certainly yeah. our thoughts and prayers out to his family, out to his fans, and, certainly out and, for Juventude as well. Can I just say one minute? Like he, he and Juventude, they knew each other. Sure. They had that, that match at Fall Brawl 1998. Mm -hmm. They knew each other well. That you know, it, it's it's like Dusty and Terry Funk getting in the ring sure, together. It's sure. like Flair and Steve. They, they just know each other. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> So this leads me to an interesting question. Um I know we have talked about this both on and off the air because the WWE certainly is very, very big on um, nostalgia and bringing back certain superstars regardless of their age. Case in point, as we get to the month of June, the first card for the WWE in Saudi Arabia is called WWE Super Showdown. And the main event appears to be two guys we've not seen in WWE for quite some time. The Undertaker versus Goldberg, a dream match 20 years ago but a match that could be potentially scary now. So with the passing of Silver King in the ring at age 51, it makes me want to pose this question. Should there be some sort of age limit to pro wrestlers getting in the ring? I mean, Jerry the King Lawler at what, 67, 68, 69, is still in the ring and active. The Rock and Roll Express in their 60s are still in the ring and active. Should there be some sort of age cutoff for a wrestler getting in the ring in light of what we just saw with Silver King. I definitely don't think there should be an age cutoff because you, you'll see a guy like a Ricky Steamboat, twice I've said his name already, mm -hmm. come back and fight at Jericho. He's well into his 50s. I, I, well, here's what, what I do think. I, I, I think that if wrestling ever unionizes 
then they get put into the union, guys have to pass physicals. Hmm. Guys need to have a physical to prove that they can have a legitimate wrestling match. Now, I'm not talking about you're going to fight against a hobbled whoever and you know you're going to put them over so the match is all of three minutes. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about going over seven or eight minutes with the guy and there's cardio involved, there needs to be a physical. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that someone needs to have an age limit because, you know, th th there are guys that, that, that are really showing us that time can still hold up well for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sting was what fifty something Sting before 65. he got injured. Yeah, uh, before he got injured against Seth Rollins, and he looked doggone good in that match. Well, and not just that, but he was fairly active. I mean, all those years he did in yeah. TNA following uh, WCW. So yeah, and, and and listen, people, those matches in TNA they weren't slouch matches. So not don't even all. trip. He was if he anything, was the star of TNA. Exactly, and if anything, they may have been a little bit more hard hitting than the candy matches that we were getting at that time in WWE yeah. on a consistent basis. Yeah. So I think a physical is what's needed. There you needs know, to be something that proves that he's able to get in the ring. And it makes me wonder: Can a physical actually detect a potential heart attack? I don't know. You know? No, no. I mean, we we just lost the, the beloved director. John Singleton, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in, I saw Tyler Perry write, guys, we got to stay in shape. And truth be told, we just never know what activity is going to be the thing. Yeah, but Singleton's probably today. a bad example. I mean, he struggled with high blood pressure. He did not want to take care of himself. That may not be the best example. But I will say to your point that things like heart attack, like for, go back to Perry Oguayo Jr., there was no indication that this man was going to die in the ring, you know. And then here's the tough part. The tough part is, like with anything else, if you keep doing it, your body is conditioned to be able to handle it. If you look at guys like um, Minoru Suzuki in New Japan, guys like, you know, Tomohoro Ishii, these guys who have done 30 years in the business. Shoot, Rey Mysterio just celebrated his 30-year pro wrestling anniversary. And, yeah, he and he has not lost a step. So I think it's it's really tough, you know, to try to legislate this. I know our friend John Murray has been very vocal about not wanting to see guys like The Undertaker and things like that. In going back in the ring, my concern with an Undertaker is with pro wrestling, like with any sport, if you step away for a while, then you jump back in. I think you do a greater risk to harm yourself than you do if you stayed in at a consistent basis the whole time. So I, I don't know if uh, a an age limit is the issue. I do think that there needs to be some sort of rigorous physical testing because here's the thing to me a wrestler dropping dead in the ring is as traumatic as a preacher dropping dead in the pulpit it's right. just one of those things that number one you never expect to see and how do you recover from it so for for not just for Hooventude, but for all the fans who were there that saw this live i mean that's a that's a traumatic moment and so whatever the business can do to prevent that type of thing, I think becomes super important so that we don't, you know, pro wrestling has its own internal drama. We don't need the added drama 
of death because there there are really no comebacks from that. Well, I'll tell you this: Beyonce preparing for Beachella, as you said earlier, she rehearsed and took 115 days before doing the performance to get her body in shape for the performance. Mm. Wrestlers are being called probably with one month's notice to come out of retirement and they're doing four weeks of training to try to get ready to look like their their old selves. I just don't think it's possible. It's 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 very scary and uh, I'd spend more time on the on the Saudi Arabia Undertaker versus Goldberg thing, but we have so many other things to get into, but very very quickly do you have any interest in this match i don't um i think i think it'll be high drama i think that i'm at the undertaker is the one i'm concerned about the most last time i saw him in the ring he looked bad goldberg at least besides tripping every now and then moved around the ring okay Mm -hmm. so but here's the thing saudi arabia seems to be so far behind in what's current in wrestling Mm-hmm. Vince can keep hawking out these old guys for another 10 years. I mean, if he throws the right amount of money at them, they're going to keep coming out of retirement because I would. Yeah, yeah. So how much money did he throw at a taker for taker to walk away from double or nothing to have in his own life? I well, mean, he must have billions at him. And let's just talk about that very briefly because that's a great segue into where we're going. You know, Vince McMahon, for all of those, and there have been those in the dirt sheets and the like who have said, oh, no, uh, WWE is not worried about AEW. Listen, Vince McMahon offered $500,000 to Adolph Ziggler to not go over to AEW. He threw money at Rhino to try to extend his contract. He's not letting anybody else get out of their contracts. And on top of that, you take a Kurt Angle who had announced his retirement and then the next day he was going to be at StarCast. That's been pulled. The Undertaker's appearance has been pulled. And instead, both have been offered uh, extended contracts with the WWE. I think absolutely Vince McMahon is concerned. And um, and rightfully so, because, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit here on the faction uh, relative to all elite wrestling. We talked about their future. We talked about the things that they would need to be successful. Certainly looking at All In, All In was such a big deal. It birthed the launch of All Elite Wrestling. When they announced Double or Nothing, the big question was, would they get a TV deal and what would that look like? Well, as we know, this week, our uh, upfronts that are happening in New York City, upfronts are where, and this has been going on for many, many years, upfronts is where the television community gets together to be able to present their new shows that are coming on their varying networks. WWE superstars were present for the Fox upfront earlier this week, of course, as Fox is moving to, excuse me, as Fox is going to be the new home for SmackDown, which we're going to spend some time talking about that in a little bit. But it was, it's been rumored for a while, and Courtney went on social media to tell the world that he finally got one right. Um, in, I didn't say saying, finally got one right. I in, said say, in saying that he thought that they would end up with a Turner Network, and it indeed has been announced that All Elite Wrestling has signed with uh, TNT, Warner, Warner Media Partners, uh, for the launch, the platform launch, the multi-platform launch of All Elite Wrestling. It's going to air on TNT. Um, it's really going to be very interesting. And they made a lot of announcements in this one move. So I'm going to try to hit as many of them as we can. So 
They're partnered with Warner Media. Warner Media, um, for those who don't know, is responsible for HBO, TNT, TBS, CNN, Cartoon Network, Turner Classic mo- uh, Movies, and a number of other great stations. Uh, this is going to be a weekly broadcast that's airing on TNT. They didn't give the exact date, but it's rumored to kick off in October. Um, we also know that this big event, um, all excuse me, Double or Nothing, is going to air live on uh, Bleacher Report Live, that app, and on pay-per-view, which that's kind of a big deal because Bleacher Report Live, uh, it's kind of like ESPN in terms of ESPN streaming service. And Bleacher Report, they've got um, a lot, and I do mean a lot of sports streaming that they're doing, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, NFL, excuse me, the NHL in terms of hockey, uh, they've got international events. There's a ton of stuff that is on um, with with the good folks. Major League Baseball is on there. You've got soccer on there. There's a ton of sports that you are able to watch on um, this Bleacher Report. It That also puts them in a great position to be able to reach the current consumer where they are. Now, in addition to all of this, All Elite's going to be doing some Pretty crazy stuff relative to how they allow you to actually watch their product. So their hour-long live pre-show, which is called The Buy-In, that's going to stream on Warner Media and AEW's social channels, uh, which will include, of course, their YouTube channel, Facebook, etc., etc. That's going to include the Casino Battle Royal, and the winner of that is going to receive a future title shot against the AEW world champion whenever that champion is crowned. So there's a lot that's going on here. In addition, with this television news for AEW, they are actually in a space where they're going to be able to broadcast, of course, on TNT. They'll also be broadcasting on the streaming platforms as well, and they're going to be offering their own separate streaming platform. So that's on the horizon as well. And plus, they have positioned AEW in a very unique way. According to the press release, it's going to be focused on, because people have been asking, what's going to make this different than what we know as pro wrestling? They're focusing on, of course, more fast-paced, high-impact competitions. They're offering less scripted, soapy drama and more athleticism. More real sports analytics. They're offering, of course, a legitimacy, as in their own words, to wrestling that has not previously been presented. They're also offering wrestlers the freedom to explore their characters and highlight their athletic abilities. They're going to be actually introducing statistics to wrestling for the first time ever. Um, they're also raising the stakes for their matches. They're deepening fan engagement. Engagement by tracking each competitor's wins and losses as the wrestlers pursue championships. They'll be analyzing their moves, assessing damage to their opponents. They are really looking to present pro wrestling as a legitimate sport on par with any of these other sports that are being presented on TNT or, of course, on Bleacher Report Live. These are some really, really big deals 
We're going to analyze this when we come back. Let's go to some music to give you an opportunity to think and process all this. When we come back, we're going to analyze this huge news coming from All Elite Wrestling. But right now, let's go to some music uh, from CFO. It's a theme song for Bianca Belair. She calls it Watch Me Shine. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. You know it's the Mac Militant coming to get it all. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn, and you're listening to the Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's real talk, player. Holla, holla, holla. I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, they hear me roar. And now I see that I'm way better than before. I never needed you at all. Think I'm falling down? I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now. I never needed you at all. Think I'm falling down? I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now. I never needed you at all. I never needed you at all. Watch me, watch me shine now. Watch me, watch me shine now.
announcement ladies and gentlemen look everyone Belle and Ebenezer are in love no silly is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio courtesy of our new mobile app available for the iPod iPad and iPhone Come on, you can do find it. out the latest news check out our podcast or listen to us live listen. right now on your phone Why, yeah. download the app today via the iTunes app store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was Watch Me Shine by Bianca Belair. GP, let's get it. All right, we're continuing our conversation about this blockbuster news today from All Elite Wrestling as they have announced indeed that they have got a TV deal. And it's not just any TV deal. It's with TNT, a station that has not aired pro wrestling in 20 Years And, of course, we know TNT, they did quite a bit with WCW housing both Nitro and Thunder. 
It's going to be a really, really intriguing situation involved with them. We talked a bit about the fact that, of course, uh, All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing pay-per-view will stream live on Bleacher Report Live, which is a really, really big deal. We'll talk about how big of a deal that is in just a second. Plus, later this year, uh, Warner Media is going to provide exclusive multi multi-platform access for fans to watch AEW events, which will include airing live weekly matches on TNT, as well as streaming them through uh, their partner BR Live and on pay-per-view. This is going to really, really be a significant moment uh, for pro wrestling as we know it. All right, Courtney, I'm going to give you an opportunity to bask in your own proverbial, alleged, prophetic glory and talk about your thoughts about AEW and this particular deal because I think it's a major, major situation. I can be considered a prophet. Oh, God. Listen, a broken clock is right twice a a day. As opposed to being a prophet, I will say happy birthday. Do you know why I'm saying happy birthday, Gerard Cleophas Bonner? Oh, it's Lord, simple. Because tomorrow gives us the two-year anniversary in which Dave Meltzer opened his mouth and dared somebody to take a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. May 16, 2017, Meltzer said, can anybody fill an arena? And Cody said, I'll take that bet, Dave. And the face of wrestling changed. Happy birthday, Cody Rhodes. And happy birthday, Davey Meltzer. And now, two years later, where do we stand? In the hallway of the aisle that Ted Turner, I'm coming to wrestling, built at the doorstep that his father made famous. Cody Rhodes says, Dad, sleep well. The next 20 years is on me. How does he do it? He hooks up with one Tony Khan and they change the face. They see something. Vince McMahon has Stone Cold's podcast, JBL's podcast, talking smack after raw conversations. He cancels it all because there's no money and that stupidity. And Cody Rhodes says, give me that. Wrestlers say he doesn't even pay attention from New, New Japan. Cody says, Give me that. He goes to Chicago and says, give me that. He goes to Time Warner and says, give me that. Jim Ross, you're underused. Give me that. Dustin, you don't want to wrestle over there anymore. Give me that. I know you're saying it with me as you put your hand on your radio and say it with me one more time. (laughs) Give me that. Why? Because I am a prophet. I told you they would go to Time Warner. I told you they would be with the Turner Broadcast Station. And where did they land? T-N-T. I I told you. As I said, a broken clock is right at least twice a day. And I can immediately point to another alleged wrestling prophecy that you got incredibly wrong. Where last year... You said that by October of this year, and I got to go get the audio because somebody's about to win some money. Um, You said 
that WWE wouldn't even be on TV anymore, that they'd be instead on social media, and that would be the platform. Well, you didn't exactly get Listen, that right. I, I, um, I, 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 don't, I don't mind saying I got that one wrong. Oh, oh. I'm just talking about in this particular case, I got this oh. one right. Yeah, you got I one right. That Cody wouldn't go far from Atlanta. That Cody would, and, and here, here's the bigger thing to me. So you brought up the fact that Vince McMahon is on the cover of Variety. Yes. Well, here's how they tried to do Cody Rhodes in because they're in Vince's pocket. They post a picture of Cody Rhodes on theirs. Thank you, Joe Otterson. I'm sure you, you're the one who actually confirmed this picture of Cody bleeding <laughs> as their cover. Now don't now now Vince McMahon is painted in all his glory, ready for mainstream dollars with a suit on, carrying a prestigious belt. Here's Cody with blood trickling down his face. I see exactly what you're trying to do, Variety. Well, here here's the interesting thing, and we're gonna get into the Variety article in a second, but let let's just talk about this Cody thing for a second because Honestly, I don't think that as many people realized that this AEW thing was going to be as big as it is. I think we should have seen the writing on. Jimmy, you know who got screwed in this? <laughs> Ring you of Honor. Who? Ring of Honor got, got screwed. Ring of, Ring of Honor got screwed the way, and you're going to hate this, the way Georgia Championship Wrestling and Jim Crockett Promotions got screwed in the 80s when they literally literally when they had uh, their product bought from them that time on TBS and then they bought it back from WWE and that money was used to pay for WrestleMania 1 it, 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 it is the absolute truth yeah they got screwed Ring because I'm on. looking at this tweet from Cody Rhodes on May 16 2017 and who retweeted it and, and put it up Ring of Honor, my lord. Well, listen, let's be honest. If it were not for Ring of Honor, All In would have never happened because they use Ring of Honor's ring. They use Ring of Honor's cameramen. They use Ring of Honor's uh, play-by-play guys. They use Ring of Honor's production. They use Ring of Honor's pay-per-view system with, uh, with the Honor Club and that partnership with New Japan. And they had that connection with Fight TV thanks to Ring of Honor. If Ring of Honor does... Listen, you know what's going to happen? In 20 years, just like they told the story of the Monday Night Wars, they're going to be telling this story about the new Monday Night Wars between WWE and AEW. And I promise in the documentary, they're going to talk to the people from Ring of Honor and they're going to ask the question, if Ring of Honor did not sponsor All In, would AEW even exist? And the answer would be no. So somewhere well, Ring of Honor is in trouble. They I, and I love what Ring of Honor has done. But let's face it: had Ring of Honor had Cody Rhodes uh, and the Bucks and Kenny Omega, the G One Supercard would have been a much different story. Instead, it ended up being New Japan heavy, and rightfully so. Um, yeah, yeah. This is not good news for Ring of Honor because on top of that, think about this. How does Cody Rhodes end up getting a more lucrative and a more visible TV deal <laughs> than Ring of Honor? Right. How? Ring of Honor. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I'll say this. I don't think people recognized how big this was going to be. But we should have had an indication when Chris Jericho signed with them for three years and went on went 
in public and said, this is the best deal I've ever had. You know, so that's counting WWE. That's counting WCW. That's counting New Japan. It's a significant moment when a guy like Jericho. And here's one thing that I love. I love that AEW did not decide to go with a bunch of former WWE guys. I think they got the formula right. They're they're, they're literally changing the game. Yeah, yeah. They're introducing us to new talent. And here's something that's interesting to me. You want to talk about the things that Cody grabbed that Vince missed. Let's remember this. Vince McMahon and the WWE have had a partnership with ESPN now for several years. Why didn't they use ESPN to be able to to give win-loss records? To be able to put stats on there. Why didn't they do? There's no bigger sports entity he, than ESPN. He felt like he didn't have to. He feels like he's bigger than. Listen, you, you, you and I read the same behind the scenes accounts that have been happening. Yes. This man feels accountable to nothing and no one. Mm-hmm. He's running renegade. Yeah. Raw shot, as we call it in the church. And I don't even know what that means. I don't either, but we. We do know what it means, but we don't know what it means. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting space right now. Let's couple that with All Elite has to say. First of all, we've never seen a wrestling promotion come out the gate like this. We've never seen it done. Usually they start really, really small. He has started really, really big. But they also we've also never seen a wrestling promotion come out the gate with this kind of money. Um, now, and now this, listen. And this kind of commitment. You know, listen, the, 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 the guys now he it, it, this gets kind of convoluted because yeah. you go back and listen to Heyman. Heyman will tell you that uh, that ECW wasn't broke, that they were just owed their pay-per-view money and they were stiffed on that and all those things. And I don't believe that, uh, you, you know, t- take it with, with a grain of salt. The last time we saw a promotion come in with this much unlimited capital was WCW. Yeah. Yeah. Ted Turner. Yeah. Ted Turner walked in, loved the wrestling business so much, mm-hmm. he just literally gave Eric Bischoff his checkbook and said, do what you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am believing that Cody Rhodes has the same type of cachet with this, mm-hmm. with more accountability, though. Yeah. And he is able to learn from issues of past. I believe Cody would rather die than be the next Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. Yeah. Than to be hobbling back over to WWE in six years being a GM. Yeah. So I feel as if, and, and, and I could be wrong, and GB, you step in here. To me, Cody is fighting for something that he feels like his father should have done. Mm. He feels like Dusty should have had his own federation. Yeah. That Dusty wasn't given the due that he that was just. I feel like even Triple H feels that. Mm. That they're carrying on the legacy of what Dusty could have done. Yeah. And should have done. Had he I'm I I'm I'm not I don't know anything about Dusty's business acumen, but I do know that he was a brain when it came to wrestling. Yeah, he was. So Cody has learned the business side as well. And I I told you, I was talking to a guy who is friends with the Khan family. And that guy himself told me that Tony Khan is no business slouch. He's not a snot nosed kid who has money. Right. His father taught him the business. He said Tony Khan started 
outworking the field at their sporting plexus. Wow. So he, like Shane, knows the business. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that makes this interesting, because certainly the Variety uh, article on Vince McMahon, which we've posted on our Facebook page, you guys should check it out, it uh, really has some great information about uh, Vince McMahon, this deal that they currently have with Fox, um, what it has done for them. Because let's think about this. First of all, let's just say this, and this is wild. It is amazing to me that in the middle of perhaps the worst content we've seen overall from WWE in years, that they right now are on the cusp of the biggest uh, you know, financial situation they've ever been in, right? So this is bigger, and, and, and I need, and I wish Clack were here, because I need him to understand that this is bigger than the Attitude Era. That they did not, for as big as Stone Cold Steve Austin was, for as big as The Rock was, for as big as Hulk Hogan was, WWE never dealt with this kind of money before. All right? Vince McMahon was able to, let's put it to you this way. The Attitude Era secured an opportunity for Vince McMahon to hop onto Wall Street. Right? It took many years for that to happen. But what has happened now, this deal that he's getting, he's gotten with Fox to give him a billion dollars. Let me put this in perspective for you. Vince McMahon, through the, U, through the new NBC Universal deal that they have for Raw for the next five years, and for the Fox deal that they have with SmackDown for the next five years, over the next five years, from those two entities alone, the WWE is going to bring in Four hundred and sixty-five million dollars a year. Four hundred and sixty-five million dollars a year. Now, here's what comes with the Fox deal that we've not talked about yet. With the Fox deal, think about how brilliant this is. Fox, when the NFL is on Fox, they'll be promoting SmackDown. We've never seen the NFL promote pro wrestling before. The NFL on Fox will be promoting SmackDown. WWE superstars are going to be featured on Fox programming throughout the week. So this means more acting opportunities for WWE superstars, bigger paydays, additional opportunities for them to be seen. There's going to be all sorts of cross-promotion that's happening. And here's what's crazy to me. The NFL is going to promote the WWE, and then the XFL is going to happen. Like, this is this is a brilliant move for WWE. And I got to tell you, as a wrestling fan, and I know, and I wish Clack were here because he wants to swear that the greatest time, but we talk about profits. I don't call myself a prophet, but I do read the tea leaves pretty well in the world of pro wrestling. And I told you guys, in 2017 and 2018, and again in 2019, we are currently living in the greatest era of pro wrestling ever. And there's never been more money involved in pro wrestling than there is right now. With the addition of All Elite to TNT, with the WWE, and let's let's not make light of this, the WWE has never on a weekly basis been on the big four. You know, the big four in terms of television is NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox. That's never happened. SmackDown has been on uh, UPN. 
they've they've been on the WB. They've been on USA. They've been on Sci-Fi. Um, and outside of, of course, an occasional monthly special when they were doing Saturday night's main event on NBC, WWE has never been on the big four on a weekly basis. This is huge. And, you know, we've talked over time about things that we believe as fans that WWE needs to do to improve, like have a season, have an off season, that type of thing. Believe it or not, it's the 52 weeks of live, fresh programming that's super attractive to Fox. So there's no way on God's green earth that they're going to take a season, an off season now. There's, G- G- there's GB, no let, 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 let me ask you, I, I want some clarity. Yeah. You, you threw this to clack, but you you said that, that's, that the Attitude Era is not the greatest era because now it's proven because of the dollar amount. Is that what you're saying? There's never been more visibility. There will never be. There has never been more visibility, more finances coming in in the world of pro wrestling, and I'm talking okay. about all the way across but, but, than there is but, right but now. But, but you're not a. You, you're not ascribing, and, and I want to go WWE specific. You're mm-hmm. not ascribing that the product is better now That's than it was when the attitude. I, that, okay. By no means I, am I, I saying. I, 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 okay, I, I just want to be clear. I'm saying I, I that, want to be clear about that. Yeah, I'm saying that the visibility. I'm saying the finances. I'm saying the opportunities. You're saying the, that the overall business, the overall is business, better, even the, if the quality isn't as potent, which as it which used to, to be in is, a WWE specific manner. This to me is the greatest business conundrum I have seen in a long time because, because usu- it's, usually, and, it's, and it's very fun- reminiscent of the NBA. Well, it's crazy because if you remember, WWE did all of that work to beat WCW by creating amazing content. And yet it's not even the content that has sold them to Fox. And let's remember this. I want to again, we're going to we're talking strictly dollars and cents, which is what convolutes this whole thing. Right. WWE has worked very hard to clean up their image. So they're still dealing with remnants from the Attitude Era. So while the Attitude Era may have been amazing for content's sake, it was horrible for advertisers' sake. Advertisers don't want a product, particularly when they talk about pro wrestling, that's going to alienate a certain community. If they don't, they don't want to be associated with that. So Vince, when he took the company public, had a hard time then getting advertising because you then had to get past these brawn panty matches. You had to get past the mud matches. You had to get past some of the silly kooky things which, that happened in the Attitude Era. Which was okay then. Which, which, which is, I mean, now, think, think about this, GB. Now, hindsight, we think they're kooky. Yeah. Back then, well, I, didn't like I was them laughing then. at those things. I, I didn't well, like Well, I was them. laughing at some of the things that, that, that they could say and that they could get away with then. You know they could they could call somebody boy and we'd be laughing. Well, you know we 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 weren't as I'm not gonna say we weren't as smart. We weren't as woke. we took it more tongue in cheek. And and couple that too, there were things that they got away with as kids that we we weren't even aware that they were getting away with. You know, no, we didn't know Roddy Piper was wearing blackface. We saw him wearing blackface, but we didn't know what it meant. We didn't know what it meant. We, we thought Adam Piper's going over the top. We didn't know what it meant when Greg but, Valentine called us monkeys. You know, but, like, we, but, we didn't but, know that. But at the same time, 
we were in a very and I and I, I want to remind people we were in a George Jefferson Archie Bunker era. Sure, we were. Where George Jefferson did use the N word, he did, and did call Archie Bunker the H word. He did. He called George George, George Jefferson a uh, 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 mother of mammy. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yes. Which that still cracks me up to this day. Yeah. But there are things that it, it was it was a different time. Yeah. And 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 I think that as opposed to apologizing for that. We just realized it's a there's, a there's a show my wife and I started. We love t- TV shows. We started watching a show on Showtime. We're not getting away with jokes that you can't really technically say in 2019, sure. but because it's a period piece, and I just did air quotes period piece mm-hmm. of the of the early 80s, they're making jokes that you can never get away with now. I think that WWE is making money now because of the Attitude Era. I go back to Kobe Bryant's last NBA contract. They offered Kobe $46 million for two years when he was injured. Why? Because the NBA has a way of paying you for what you did, not because of what you're doing. Well, and here's and the I other... And I think some of that has happened with WWE. Well, here's what I think has happened with WWE. I think WWE has managed to be able to package a product from a presentation standpoint in the boardroom. Right. Oh yeah. So in They're the not going there saying we had good matches. They went in there saying no. John Cena sold this much merch. New Day sold this much merch. Exactly. They sold that much merch. We sold. Listen, to this. we got the highest attendance record for Cowboy right. Stadium for the AT&T. So and th- those things, money makers, that makes sense to them. Well, and and this is the conundrum, right? The conundrum is okay. How do you strike the balance? between great content that makes your consumer happy and great content and numbers that make your advertisers happy. Here's what I do think is going to happen, though. What I do think is going to happen is we're going... I think the combination of what All Elite is about to present and with with this Fox deal, I think it's going to force WWE to have to move into a more athletic space because yeah. if you're being present if you expect the NFL to promote you and you expect those fans to actually turn to WWE they're going to have to have something to turn to and you're but, putting but it on G- a Friday G- night G- no less too GB but but before and this is just as a diehard fan before we can even get to quality there's one other word we have to get to Continuity. Well, here's there's the, no here's, continuity. I agree. At least if you keep a crappy storyline going, people can keep up. But we don't even have quality nor continuity. But I had a thought. As we were talking, I had a thought, which I think is going to answer all of this. And that is this, right? So they were going through the numbers, and WWE is averaging about, you know, according to that article prior to WrestleMania, about three under 3 million viewers a week. But from those 3 million viewers, like 1 million of them, or 1.1 million of them, were in that 18 to 49 demographic, which then says to me that 63, 65% or two-thirds of the WWE's current fan base are either either kids or grandparents. <laughs> so what that means is if WWE has found a space for them, then that means that 18 to 49 demographic 
is wide open for AEW. And I think what we're going to see, this is ultimately, and people don't want, you know, it's not competition. Yes, it is. It's going to be WCW versus WWE Part 2. And what we're going to see is this. If you remember, WCW's biggest problem when they were trying to combat the new and fresh wave that the Attitude Era brought, the problem WCW had was they, their hands were tied by Time Warner. They couldn't do all the stuff that WWE was doing. WWE didn't have that corporate problem, and they had a younger Vince McMahon, which was willing to try stuff. GB, and and, and that's the truth that I want you and Clack and others to, to, to readily say. WCW didn't close because they sucked. They were oh, no, they, they, they were suck. suffocated. No, no, no. They, they were did. suffocated. Wait a minute. Wait they a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen. So you're telling me, and this is where it becomes problematic. So you're telling me that because WCW couldn't have girls take their clothes off, and they couldn't have you know people uh, uh, throwing around throwing around four letter words and throwing up the middle finger that they couldn't compete. That's not true because no, they were I, competing I, 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 from '96 to '98. I do agree, but when the edgier stuff came, it's the same thing that happened in hip-hop. There are much better MCs that weren't doing gangster rap, that were doing just regular rap, but because people wanted to hear something provocative, they went more towards gangster rap, and how many great MCs died a slow death because they were smothered, because the provocative nature of gangster rap grabbed the attention of the masses. But think so about why this. So why as a 15-year-old would I watch WCW when I can see boobies on WWF? But here's the problem with a WCW. WCW's attempt was not a smothered attempt. It was horrible. Think about this. Kiss? Think about this. David Arquette yeah, is the yeah, WWE yeah, yeah, champion. But, but, they but were that's grasping a, that's at straws. No, yes, no, 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 no. What they, they, what they, they should have done. So they tried to go celebrity. What and celebrity sh- couldn't, couldn't go against provocative. Well, here's the thing. At the end of the day, if your in-ring content isn't doing it, because let's no. remember, that also no. was poor from WCW. No. Yes, it was. It, 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 Dude, it was poor. go back and it, watch those 2,000 pay-per-views from it, it WCW. They were hard to watch because it, it had too much it in was, it. It was poor, but it still wasn't provocative. You oh sat through a God. crappy WWE match because you knew you were going to see something that you know should be censored. No, 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 no. But so, well, so here's the deal. With, this with, one, let's just keep with, it going. With all of that said, this, this I'm telling you, all elite, if they don't make, as long as they don't make any stupid mistakes, all elite is set up to really, really, really give WWE a run for their money. They don't need to go head-to-head. They don't need to do that. They need to do what they can do on a Tuesday night. They need to go ahead and figure out who their, who their, who their target audience is and go yeah. after them hardcore because they're already offering things that uh, WWE's not. And here's the thing. If you have taken the scripting out of it, and you're letting these guys be who they are. What they're doing is creating a reality-based product 
that we can believe well, in again. And if we can Clark believe, actually talked about this. And yeah, and if we can, he did talk about it. And if we can believe in the product again, AEW's in for a very big win. Yeah. Because now we're not sitting there. Because here's what happens. After something happens in WWE that we don't like, the first thing we say is poor writers. Well, AEW has no writers. So that won't be the excuse. It's going to come down to being an athletic competition, which is what pro wrestling was meant to be anyway. My question is, how is it all going to play out? Oh, You know what? And on this... Thank God for people like Jim Ross. Yeah. I think Cody comes in with a lot of great ideas, and Jim Ross is going to help them figure out how to do it 52 weeks a year. Yeah. It's one thing to pull off a big pay-per-view every now and then, but when you're talking about pulling off a weekly product, mm-hmm. that gets that becomes a doozy. It, so it thank God for wisdom sitting back there with them that can help them navigate and actually go at a pace. Yeah. You can't go a breakneck every week. You have to tell right. a slow story at some moments. Right. So hopefully they'll be able to pace it. It's going to be very interesting to watch. As you can tell, we're very excited about All Elite Wrestling. They've got a big deal with TNT. We've got all the information about it on uh, certainly our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our Twitter page. You can check it all out there. We definitely want to get your thoughts. People are chiming in, which we absolutely love. So when we come back, we're going to get the Raw and SmackDown recap in. And who knows? Maybe we'll just talk about our bright spots and not-so-bright spots. And we somehow have to get in. Our predictions for Money in the Bank as well, because that is this weekend. But right now, let's go to some music. Here's music from CFO. It's called Undisputed. I can't wait to get these AEW theme songs in here. We will when they start producing them. But until then, here's Undisputed. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. Shock the system.
recap of the remix is sponsored by Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, Gee, no, I don't no, know no, no, no. why you did that. Wait, why you did that? What are you I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did oh, that? Lord. Stan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney, and that was Undisputed. That's right, Undisputed Era's theme song, GB. What do you want me to do here? Well, let's see. We have talked quite a bit about All Elite today, and uh, it's probably good that we spend a little bit of time talking about WWE. After all, they do have a big pay-per-view coming up this weekend. So let's get into this Raw recap, and I'll throw a SmackDown recap in, and we'll talk about hits and misses and all that jazz. So whenever you're ready. WWE Raw was pre-taped from across the pond in London, England. Things kicked off when The Miz came out and decided he had something to say, but Shane O'Mac, Roman Reigns, and the rest of the crew came out, and Roman Reigns and The Miz defeated Bobby Lashley and Elias via DQ. Wait, is this the right one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My bad. Mojo Raleigh defeated Apollo Crews. Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans attacked Becky Lynch during their double contract signing. Baron Corbin defeated Ricochet. Nikki Cross defeated Natalya Naomi and Dana Brooks in a fatal four-way. Rey Mysterio defeated Cesaro. That was a good match. Bray Wyatt revealed his secret on the Firefly Funhouse. Mm. Sami Zayn defeated Braun Strowman to take Strowman's place in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. False count anywhere, but he had a little bit of help. GB, that's how it ended. How did you see it? What did you think about Monday Night Raw? So, there's a high spot that I really want to talk about, but I got to get the low spots out first. Uh, you, you talked before, and it's funny. So, I want people to be very clear, right? I also mentioned that pro wrestling is at its highest space in terms of there's never been more money involved, there's never been more exposure involved. Relative to the WWE, it does not mean that it's the greatest content that they've ever produced. And so here again, we go with a lack of continuity. Um, This whole wild card rule thing is just out of control. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. It's to the point now where I'm wondering why we even have separate Raw and SmackDown brands. If you're just going to let people show up whenever and however they want to. With that said, we talk about a lack of continuity. Nikki Cross 
for her entire existence, whether it be NXT or WWE, she has never had a sane thing to say. Yet she shows up backstage all glammed up, speaking in proper English. What is happening? And then she goes into the match and she is crazy Nikki again. I do not understand what is happening right now. It does not make a lick of sense. And so, rather than spend all my time talking about the uh, train wreck that is Monday Night Raw, there is there are two bright spots in all of WWE right now that I must talk about. Firstly, of course, it's Kofi Kingston as the WWE champion. I absolutely love the fact that we are getting the opportunity to see the birthing of new talent as a champion. He's not new, but in this role of WWE champion he is, and he's wearing it well. He has something to prove. He knows he has something to prove, and he's ready to prove it. This is what we were waiting for. We weren't just waiting for the WrestleMania moment, but life as a champion, and he's getting the opportunity to do that in sidebar. He's also heading to his native land of Ghana, and the WWE cameras are going with him. It's his first time in Ghana since 1993, and he's taking the WWE Championship with him. This is going to be just, like, amazing. So I can't wait to see when that documentary hits. It's going to be amazing. But the other thing that has excited me, I watched three hours of Monday Night Raw, and admittedly, I fell asleep Monday night. So Tuesday, I finished watching it. And I was so supremely excited with what is coming of this Firefly Funhouse. This Bray Wyatt situation, which I admittedly did not see the initial vision for from that first week, it is becoming everything it had the potential to be. I find myself looking forward to seeing just how wild and crazy this will be. And now we finally see what he's been working on. It's dark. It's scary. It's freaky. It's everything we've wanted Bray Wyatt to be. And then some. And I got to tell you, I, I, I love it. It, it. It's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. And speaking of that, there's this great story that's out about the guy who created the new mask for, uh, uh, for, for Bray Wyatt. That is just absolutely inspirational. You know, I, 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 I don't even have time to get all into all of it, but certainly uh, on Suplex City, they're talking about it. It's something super special to see when you get the opportunity to have a dream come true. And I can tell you this, this Firefly Funhouse is completely Bray Wyatt's idea. This was not pitched to him by WWE. Bray pitched this to WWE and Bray told the guy who created the mask, you have literally saved my career. Hear me when I tell you, it's taken a long time, but I think we're finally gonna get the Bray Wyatt we have been waiting for this is going to be worth the wait and they're going to need it to compete 
with AEW. I know people don't want to talk competition, but let's face it. <clears throat> when you have two companies both providing cola, there's going to be a competition. When you have two fast food restaurants both providing burgers, it's going to be a competition. And when you have two companies providing wrestling at the mainstream level that WWE and AEW are, you're going to have competition. WWE needs Bray Wyatt. As this new, crazy, outrageous thing that he's going to be, I am 100,000% for this. Please don't screw this up. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't mess this up either. Bray Wyatt fooled us all. We said, what in the world happened to Bray Wyatt? Bray said, I'm playing the long game while you all are playing the short game. Mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt took time off. We don't know if it was forced or whether he wanted to. And came back with something that is going to haunt us yes. for the next year, yes. maybe years to come. Yes. Now, because of Bray Wyatt, I'm wondering if Nikki Cross is playing the long game too. Hmm. Or if we're having a continuity issue. My thought is that she's smart enough to play the long game. I believe Nikki knows in order to get into this merch game, which is the long game, right. that she has to bring some civility to her persona. Okay. So at first I was bothered, and then I started reading, and one isolated person changed my mind. I can't think of who it was, but I saw them on YouTube say, Nikki's going to have double double personalities? This is great. And I thought to myself, oh, if she plays this well, this is going to be great. Bray Wyatt is going to sell so much merch. Oh my God. He can sell the Firefly version, Fire Funhouse version, mm -hmm. which is just so happy go lucky. Mm -hmm. Then he can sell this darker version. Yeah. The Do you know how many masks they're going to sell? Oh my Lord. Oh. oh. Do you know how people will act when they show up in those doggone sweaters mm -hmm. with, the, with, with the button downs under it? Right. And there's a nice version of themselves. Then they put that mask on. Brother, this was brilliant. It was I'm going to give you one other reason why it's brilliant. Okay. Bray's losing his hair. Okay. His hairline's not where it was. Okay. He no longer have to see it. Mm -hmm. Because that mask covers it. I don't know what it is about wrestling, but it just ages a wrestler. And most wrestlers try not to age when they start. their hair starts thinning out. But man, did he take that under control as well. Bray is playing in 2035 while everybody else is in 2019. He is. He is. You know, there's a rumor that Bray actually mentioned that in his 2015 promos, he actually had a promo in a promo for like eight consecutive promos. He had this. I believe it. He said he had one line in each of those promos that didn't fit. But they actually fit when you put them together. And I really want to go back and find those so I could see what it was that he was saying. But Bray Wyatt psychologically is ahead of the game. And what I like in this super fast-paced environment is it's been hard to get anybody to get that slow-cooked rotisserie meal. But I promise you, he is making this payoff. And we have yet to see him in the ring. And I'm intrigued by this Firefly foolishness. I love it. Uh, I'm 
I'm gonna to me. There's something about a second gen wrestler who can who who understands merchandise, who understands cameras, who understands philosophy. Mm-hmm. I think Bray Wyatt is kind of cut from the same cloth that a, a la Cody is. You figure the grandson of Black Jack Mulligan, the father of uh, I'm sorry, his father is Mike Rotunda, yes. brother-in-law. Uh, uh, you, you know, it, not brother-in-law, but uncles Barry Wyndham, mm-hmm. Kendall Wyndham, and all those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just knows what he's doing. He does. I hope they let his brother come over and join him. He can start a stable. Yeah. Can Can you imagine Bray Wyatt leading a stable like this against the Undisputed Era? Oh man! Help us, I Lord. Mean, they, the way they well think about what they did with the Shield. I still say what the Wyatt family did against the Shield were some oh, of the best matches. What they did with New Day. Oh yeah, that too. Remember, Xavier Woods oh. started growing that beard, and we're thinking, oh no, Xavier's going right. to turn. It was it was special. It was special. I just need for Vince not to screw it up, which, by the way, there's a podcast that's out right now with uh, I forgot his name. I'll tell you his name in a second. But uh, apparently he talked to a uh, friend of a writer in WWE who was backstage. And they say that the backstage environment at WWE right now is just outrageous. It it is horrible. It is just terrible. To be in, I talked to a friend of mine who had spent time backstage uh, at Raw and SmackDown, and he said SmackDown was a much lighter atmosphere than Monday Night Raw. But on top of that, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown—you know—we we noticed how SmackDown was, um, you know, feeling different. Remember how we noticed that? It's because now SmackDown and Raw are using the same writing teams pathetic so let me tell you some of these things uh wade keller had a uh podcast that uh involved a close friend of three writers um from monday night raw who called into his show here are some of the things that are said by this guy he said wwe's problems are not the fault of the writers he said quote no one should rip on wwe creative they have some of the most brilliant unbelievably cool ideas that i've ever heard however he was told that we're writing for an audience of one and never forget that and if you do forget it you're out of here now check this out you're not gonna believe this he said the most frustrated person in the back every single night is triple h He said he'll always take, especially the NXT guys, under his wing. He looks like he's consoling them. It looks so much like he was the most frustrated person in the building every night. Apparently, the wild card rule was not in the script on the morning of the show. The superstar shakeup changed week to week, and it didn't pan out how it was originally laid out months prior. And everything changed because Vince decided to change it. He talked about the turnover with so many people being uh, backstage quitting or being fired. As I mentioned, uh, small SmackDown and Raw writing teams are the same for both shows. And then the caller emphasized this, that the problems in WWE are not creative's fault. And Vince McMahon is the one person who deserves the blame. Mm. Very telling. From someone who is very close to three of the WWE's writers, I'm just blown away. Let's run to SmackDown real quick, and then we'll get into Money in the Bank before we get out of here. Now, SmackDown marked night two of the WWE's two-night takeover of the infamous 
O2 Arena in London, England. And it kicked off with the Usos taking advantage of the wild card rule prior to his chaotic brawl. And then there was a big, uh, it, it ultimately resulted in an eight-man tag match that saw Shane McMahon, or excuse me, a seven-man tag. Well, a handicap, four on three, that's more accurate. Shane McMahon, Elias, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan defeating Roman Reigns and the Usos. Uh, in a fatal four-way match, Andrade pins the Intercontinental Champion, Finn Balor, and also defeats Ali and Randy Orton in a fatal four-way match. <sighs> Let me breathe when I say this because I'm not believing I'm saying this. Kyrie Sane and Asuka are now known as the Kabuki Warriors. And they defeated Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And then the KO show got wild as uh, Kofi Kingston ended up fighting KO. But then he'd be attacked by, of all people, Sami Zayn, who makes his second consecutive appearance on SmackDown. All right, let's have the conversation. What do you think of uh, Tuesday Night SmackDown? Oh, that's easy. It sucked. What more do you want me to say? The Kabuki... The gosh see this is how we know help me lord to articulate this and still get a job with wwe one day <laughs> which is becoming harder I'm, and harder I, don't, I may want a job and with harder AEW after all this <sighs> gb a 73 year old non-man of color mm-hmm. is running wwe is in 2019 mm-hmm Kabuki. Yeah. The world is smaller. Mm-hmm. The world is more together. Mm-hmm. And we're still using in wrestling words like, I mean, didn't, for me, I, one of the great Kabuki mm-hmm. was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yes. But we don't need Kabuki right now. No. We don't. It, 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 kabuki, the guys, and if you don't know, Kabuki is a theater term for stylized drama with elaborate makeup worn by performers of that area. Uh, it is possible to rep your culture without being a caricature of your culture. Mm-hmm. GB, we're lost. So. And I, I tell you what, though, try this stuff on Fox. Hmm. Try this stuff on mainstream. Yeah. So apparently a lot of people had a hard time with this. Um, Fans uh, likened this to uh, racially charged names such as Crime Time and the Mexicools. Um, But Paige had a response to all this. Paige says, quote, you know, it was the girls who chose their name, right? Well, they technically wanted Kabuki Girls, but it was changed to Kabuki Warriors. Um, And so, yeah. If the girls chose it, I stand corrected. I I really do. I I accept that. If the girls walk in and said, we want to represent people like the great Kabuki, we don't want them forgotten, the heritage of wrestling, I'm with that. I'm just saying that if the same man who changed it to the Viking experience mm-hmm. called them the Kabuki Warriors is problematic. Yeah, yeah, and we have the Viking Warriors and or the Viking Raiders, sorry, and the Kabuki Warriors. And I 
do 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 tag teams have to have names anymore? Right? Like your tag team well, champions. I think it's good if they have a tag team. Your tag I think they have a good name. Yeah. But 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 the problem is, don't be crazy. We know who the Viking Warriors or Experience is. We know them. We we rocked with you when you changed their name in NXT. We said, okay, mm-hmm. well we'll go with it. Mm-hmm. But we know who they are. But when you play us as fools, come on, man. Yeah, I. I don't know. I I will say this. Again, my bright spot is Kofi Kingston as the WWE champion. Uh, I, let me say this. I think we're getting overexposure. Of They're going to change his name to Leroy Jenkins. Oh, my gosh. I, I think we're getting overexposure of Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns starting off Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. I, I, I mean, can a brother catch his breath after going into remission? Hello. He is fresh off remission, you know. They put they, they put the man back on the road. This to me says that they are wildly desperate and they are they don't know what to they do. They don't have to be. They don't have to be. You have I a agree. Dolph Ziggler sitting at home. Well, bigger than bigger than that, you've got active guys on that roster who are killing. This is the sad part. Their out of the ring foolishness is overshadowing uh, their in ring greatness because you had a great fatal four way last night. Andrade, Finn Bauer, really Ali, and Randy Orton. That was a great match. You had a multi man yeah. match last night that was actually pretty decent. Shane McMahon, Elias, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan against Roman Reigns and the Usos. And let's just acknowledge for the second for a second that Roman Reigns and the Usos is a team we've wanted to see. We want to see the Samoan dynasty and Samoan heritage stand strong. So, I, you know, we, we get Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. Like, we're getting some of the things that we want, but it's so many things that are not packaged right that it just, yeah. you know, it, for, for someone who masters production so well and they can put vignettes together well, you'd think that they could actually chart out a show to go in a way that would keep us hyped all the way through the show and they've yet to figure that out but they better figure it out with a with a billion dollars on the line because uh figure it out 465 million dollars a year you better figure this thing out because listen if you figure don't somebody else out. will Ugh. all right somebody else is already close very close all right so money in the bank is coming up this sunday and uh it should be interesting as the wwe returns to the united states and um, with that, there are quite a few matches on this card. It's the first pay-per-view post-WrestleMania. Um, I should be taking down our predictions, which I know our listeners have been asking about who has uh, the current faction championship. And uh, Oh, it's easy. I- I'm going to give you that actual information very, very soon. I have to compile it all. Things have been super busy with this baby, but I promise you we're going to tell you who the faction champion is in a little bit. Um, so stay connected. We may do it uh, on our website or not on our website. We may do it on uh, social media. We'll get to it. I promise. But let's go ahead and get some predictions in um, because it's the right thing to do. To talk about money in the bank. We've got a tag team championship. The SmackDown tag titles on the line. Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos. 
Uh, the cruiserweight title, Tony Nese against Aria Davari. Samoa Joe defends the U.S. title against Rey Mysterio. We've got the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Then um, we've got two title matches for Becky Lynch. She defends the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans, the SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair, uh, the Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage, Roman Reigns versus Elias, and then Kofi Kingston's first pay-per-view WWE title defense against Kevin Owens. Uh, Seth Rollins defends the Universal Championship against AJ Styles. It's prediction time. Let's see uh, what's going to happen. Courtney, go for it. This is the most non-factor pay-per-view we've ever predicted. I just, oh my lord, help me God. Here we go, though, because I'm committed to the show. I'm choosing, uh, I, I'm, I, you know, in a perfect world, the Usos would beat Daniel Bryan and Rowan. But I'm thinking they're going to keep it with Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Uh, I'm going to call Tony Nese over uh, Divari. I'm calling Samoa Joe over Rey Mysterio. I'm calling Ke- uh, Kofi Kingston over KO. The Miz will get paid back against Shane McMahon and win. Uh, Charlotte will beat Becky Lynch. Roman Reigns will beat Elias. Coming out of the women's money in the bank, I am actually going with Alexa Bliss. Uh, Coming out of the men's money in the bank, I am going with, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. I am going with Ali. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think they could actually do something with Ali and uh, Kofi Kingston. Okay. Uh, You took my my spot. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Seth Rollins over AJ Styles and Becky Lynch defeats Lacey Evans. Okay. I picked a bunch of things that are good for business. Not that I think should make sense. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I I am going with uh, Elder Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan to retain... Um, definitely going with Tony Nese to retain the uh, cruiserweight title. Let's see, what do we have next? Uh, Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio. I think Samoa Joe is going to take this, and somehow the kid's going to get involved. Somehow the kid gets involved. I'm not sure how, but he will. Money in the bank for the men. Um, I'm actually going with Sami Zayn. I think Sam nice. Zayn will win, and the question of when he cashes in is going to be something I think he's earned the opportunity to get a one-on-one title match. Uh, he had a, he was involved in that triple threat. I think that was kind of a uh, harbinger of things to come. Um, for the women, um, this is a tough one, and I'm torn between two... Um, I'm going to go with Bailey. And I'm going with Bailey because to me, Bailey will be the ultimate slap in the face for Sasha Banks to be able to say, yeah. hey, Sasha, you could have won it, but because you decided to leave, here, we're going to put it on Becky. Um, So I think... That and this is where we're going to be different. I think Lacey Evans takes the Raw Women's Championship, and then and and that match happens first, and then Charlotte loses to Becky. So Becky remains the SmackDown wow. Women's Champion, um, and Lacey becomes the Raw Women's Champion. That's what I think. 
So we both agreed to go from Becky two belts to Becky one belt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, and, and I, I think it has nothing to do with Becky two belts as much as it does that I think that they've been really trying to push Lacey Evans super hard. Um, and so I think I think having Lacey and Charlotte both as champions is kind of like, okay, which one of these do we not need? Because they look just alike. Um, I think Kofi Kingston retains the WWE Championship after all. He's got to go to Ghana. You're not going to go to Ghana as the former champion, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Roman beats Elias. Um, I hate to say this, but I'm going to agree that Seth defeats AJ. I think AJ should win, but AJ's not going to win the first title match he gets here. And plus, they're going to try to drag this out. We got to see this happen in Saudi Arabia. Um, Miz and Shane. Um, I'm going to go with Shane Because I think they're going to try to drag this out too And uh, I think they're going to have Kind of their, their Maybe their final match will happen At uh, at this super show You got to listen You need a lot of folks to fill up that Because that's just in a couple of weeks Following Goldberg and Undertaker So that's my thought That's a <laughs> lot of folks um, I promise you, we're Who gonna have thought we'd be saying Goldberg and Undertaker in 2019. Jeez, that would have been that have been right in 1999, but 99. And why are we getting? First of all, we know that that's not going to be a long match. It's going to be a very short match. Oh, that match ain't lasting long at all. No, that's five minutes tops. Um, yeah. So, and they'll probably walk around for three so that the uh, Saudis can get a full ten out of it. And, of course, there'll be a long entrance and all that jazz. So. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us on social media. We've got a lot more that's coming there. Uh, certainly next week we're going to have a lot of conversation about Double or Nothing. Um, we'll find out who's going to be watching and uh, all sorts of things. And you just never know what's happening in the world of pro wrestling. But, of course, we've got it covered for you. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. At C Major Beard on Instagram, at C Major Beard on Twitter, Courtney Beard on Facebook to my friends in the 757 with the crash in the tunnel. I am praying for you. Yeah, I, that that's just crazy. It's crazy. And you can uh, reach me at Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. By the way, congratulations to Bianca Bell Air, who got her degree this weekend from the University of Tennessee. Uh, she graduated super, super, super proud of her and we got more news and stuff we just don't have time to get it all so just gotta stay with us you know we talk to you here but you get all quote sorts of cool stuff on social we didn't talk about lars sullivan we, ah, yeah maybe we'll do a hot take on lars sullivan i don't know because one of our followers was upset that he got uh fine so yeah we'll talk about that but until next time it's courtney it's clack it's gb we are the faction <laughs>